Welcome to episode 62 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio here on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is ready to turn his furnace off and pop open the windows, John Scott Sloat. Doc, spring is here. Uh, spring weather is here for sure. Today, as we record on this Monday, uh, we're going to hit 60. Yeah. What's, what's the first official day of spring? Is it March 21st? Something like that. Yeah. yeah it's It's coming. Yep, yep. So uh, a foretaste of spring weather here over mm-hmm. these next few days, which uh, is welcome. Though I still see that in our neighborhood, there's still a couple of small little patches of snow. Yeah, same in, in my yard. Yeah, I still got some. Yeah, sun where, doesn't hit it. Exactly. Sun yeah. doesn't hit it. Yeah. I, I think today I'll probably take care of that. If I not, hope so. Yeah. If not tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. So... So what's new with John Sloat these days? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, this is getting into my one thing I like. Baseball season yeah. is, is on the move. Spring training's happening. There's been yeah. um, no development, but no injuries either, which okay. which is a good development. Yeah. You know? uh, so, yeah, looking forward to, to spring weather. And uh, we're getting ready to start session B here in, what, two weeks? Uh, yeah, something like that. Two, two and a half weeks. And yeah. You doing anything for spring break? Uh, we only have a partial spring break here, right? So yeah, just four or five days. Wednesday through Sunday, basically. Mm-hmm. That week, I will be I will be grading. Okay, one of your favorite things to do. Yes, uh, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I teach for free, but they pay me to grade and attend committee meetings and to do things like assessment. So, um, I'll be grading and I'll be doing uh, sermon prep because I'm preaching that the the, la- the Sunday of spring break, the twenty first. Oh, nice. Oh, the first day of spring. Yeah. If I have yeah. our – if the dates are right. Yes. And we're coming up on the time change this upcoming weekend, springing forward. So uh, I guess I would have gone through the time change last year, although last year I, I don't remember it. But usually I'm in Taiwan for the time change. Right. So I just miss it, it every year. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, if you would like to uh, connect with us here on the pod, you can find us on Twitter at Pod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. You can find us, uh, Various and Sundry Podcast. Give us a like and a follow. And we also post our episodes on YouTube. So you can find Various and Sundry Podcast on YouTube. We would still love for you to go on to the podcast app and leave a rating and a review if you would be so inclined. It's been a minute since we've had a radio uh, yeah, review. A little, a little, yeah, a little more than a minute probably. So uh, maybe a little overdue for that. But uh, let's jump into sports. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend was this past weekend. Yeah. And you didn't watch a darn bit of it. I didn't watch a lick. No, no. <laughs> Catch me up. What, what were the highlights? So I only saw uh, a good chunk of the dunk contest and then the second half. So um, – Apparently, Team LeBron dominated. They won all four quarters, so they do a charity thing for each quarter, so the team that wins gets money towards their charity. Hmm. So Team LeBron won uh, all four quarters, and um, I, I I didn't pay a lot of attention to the, the drafting process, but I'm looking at who they had, and I'm thinking, my goodness, of course they won. I mean, they had LeBron, they had Giannis, they had Steph. They had Dame Lillard. I mean, it's like I'm looking like, 
Well, of course they're going to like, I don't know. I don't know what Durant was thinking in terms of his draft strategy there, but he just picked his teammates. I, I, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. So the other notable thing from the game is that Giannis went 16 of 16. Yeah. I, I read that. Yeah. That he, including uh, he, his last one where he banked in a three. Nice. <laughs> so that was ridiculous. Um, also ridiculous was how the game ended. So the Elam ending, uh, basically we won't go into the details, but instead of playing a time to fourth quarter, you set a score based on what the score is at the end of the third quarter. You, they added 24 points and said the first team to get to this score wins 24 points in honor of Kobe Bryant, who Mm. passed away last year. And so that form of basketball guarantees that the game always ends on a made basket of some kind. And so Which is nice. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like, like that, but I sure. I still don't like overall change I wouldn't change this to a regular feature of basketball. But the uh the game did end on Damian Lillard hitting a 3 from just inside half court. Just <laughs> dribbling up the court and pulling it from like it had to be like 40 feet. 40, 42 feet, just in stride, in rhythm, that's effortlessly. A, that's the kind of thing he would do in a regular season game or a playoff game, though. Yeah. Like, I think he did that to uh, to somebody uh, in the playoffs two or three years ago, yeah. where he just pulled up from nearly half court and, yeah, and he, drained it. His range is absurd. Like, he is a, le- he is a legitimate threat from that range. Hmm. I mean, I, I'd still probably, if I'm playing defense, I'd still probably live with him taking a steady diet of 40 sure. footers, thinking surely the percentages will play in my favor. But uh, modestly entertaining, I think. Um, Steph Curry won the three point competition as well. So, uh, college basketball, that's really, we're, we're in the uh, ramp up to March yeah. madness here. So, uh, my beloved Buckeyes continue to struggle. They lost. At home against Illinois uh, by five, and uh, that pretty much probably locked Illinois into that fourth one seed. So the one seeds, barring something really strange, which is hard to see, are going to be uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and uh, Illinois. Even though Michigan lost to Michigan State yeah. uh, yesterday, as we record on this Monday here, so uh, Big Ten tournament this week, conference tournaments this week. Always get lots of fun, uh, kind of buzzer beater. This is the start of where Cinderella makes her appearance on the stage. And um, as we approach, we are now – this is our last episode before Selection Sunday. And we have already Mm -hmm. uh, reserved our spot in a bracket challenge. So, John, tell us about that. Uh, We we want our listeners to join us in trying to pick the field or pick uh, pick the tournament. Yeah, so basically, this is something we tried to do last year. Yeah, stupid COVID. Um, and COVID obviously stopped it. So what what we've done is we've just kind of gone back in and hit renew. So if you signed up, which I think there were three or four of you who did, um, you should have an email in your inbox inviting you to join the bracket. If you weren't a part of it last year, which we want, I think, just as many people as possible to Absolutely. join this bracket. Absolutely. Um, even if you know nothing about basketball, we would love for you to join us. You uh, probably have a better chance. Yeah, that that's how this works. Is it's it's really just <laughs> guesswork. Um, yeah, invite your friends, invite your family. Yeah, um, if you go on the Yahoo website and search for various and sundry podcasts. 
in the bracket challenge uh, or the turnip tourney pick'em, I think they call it. Okay. Uh, you should be able to find it. The password is capital V, the word and capital S pod all one word is the password there. And we will put this in the show notes. Yeah, there'll, that, there'll be a show notes. So I'll, I'll put a link in there. The link should take you straight through um, and because it should be an invite link. So you don't need okay. the password. So I'll put that on Twitter. I'll put that on Facebook. But I'll put the password out there too just, just in case people need it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, we would love to see a robust participation. And we are, uh, we are offering uh, to the winner a signed copy of – one of my books. We'll both sign the book for them <laughs> and, uh, and send it on to them. Indeed. <laughs> so uh, something to look forward to uh, coming up. And so that'll go – I mean the field is announced Sunday evening, this upcoming Sunday. And I imagine that once that's – I would imagine within you know minutes if not an hour of when the tournament field is actually announced – That'll go live. I mean, I think you can log in and get your place reserved now. But in terms yeah. of being able to pick the uh, the tournament games, and I think don't they start next Friday? Friday right? they're of, doing Friday through through Monday rather than Thursday, Thursday through mm-hmm. Sunday. I heard that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, and since it is spring, of course, we are yeah. we are right on the cusp of baseball season. It's right here. Yeah, I think we're 20-some days away from baseball. April 1st is opening day. And so have they officially announced that they are starting on time with the season? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a proposal from the players that they back off 10 days and there were certain things. But the uh, the owners rejected that proposal. And so they're playing a full season starting April 1st. Yeah, they they need to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baseball. I'm sure. Baseball needs to make some money. And it sounds like uh, – I think I heard that um, some Chicago stadiums are going to be at 25 percent uh, capacity uh, during, the, during the start of the season. So things seem to be moving in the right direction for things to be more normal in a baseball stadium and for ways for baseball to make a little extra money. Sure. Yeah. I, I, heard, the, I heard the governor of Ohio reportedly said that the goal is to have full capacity for Indians and Reds games by July 4th. That's great. Oh, that's so, a good goal by July 4th. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that, that shakes out. But um, how are the Mets looking coming into the year? Um, Mets are looking pretty good. I mean, nothing to speak of. So, and that's partly good news in spring training, right? No major injuries or, any, or anything like that. Uh, Jacob deGrom, um, who's won two Cy Youngs and was a finalist last year for the Cy Young, uh, already hit 100 in his first spring training start as as the starter okay. in the first inning through 100 miles an hour, which is insane uh, for a starting pitcher. So excited to see what happens with him. Yeah, I've actually debated about um, following baseball this year. Really? You see, here's the thing. I, I feel like there is a – I feel like as as I get older, my nostalgia increases, <laughs> and baseball feels nostalgic to yeah. me. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just not sure if I'm ready to ready to to jump in. You know, it, it's it's lovely to have in the background while you're doing something else. You know, uh, whether it's reading a book or um, sending emails or, or whatever, um, yeah. you can kind of have baseball going. Um, yeah, that's true. And it, it's lovely background noise. Yeah, we'll see. 
We'll see. Uh, I'm just that not. might be the announcement on the pod of the year. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've ever that. heard such an announcement. I don't know about that. I'm not committing to it yet. And I'm like walking cautiously, like approaching a baby deer, trying to get you to trust me. Come, come watch well, baseball. I, I, yeah, but I, you, you know I'm not rooting for your Mets. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I'm not. You, I'm not going in on the Mets bandwagon. You'd, you'd probably tribe. I, that makes the most sense. Okay, that makes the most sense. I I don't know where where or else I would go. The Toledo Mud Hens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm ready to go to AAA though. Um, man, we do have. The um, uh, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, not far away from us. And they've got a great stadium. They have a beautiful yeah. stadium. And one of the great things about minor league baseball is typically it's a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And they put on a good a good show. So um, was it – it wasn't last summer. It was the summer before, wasn't it? That our, so. our church mm-hmm. got you know, probably 20, 25 tickets or something like that. And we kind of sat in the, – there's a grassy area up behind the outfield stands and – Beautiful sunny day. Oh yeah, you get you get a thing of nachos and a and a cold drink. Yeah, and you, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sit out there and you watch the game and talk to talk to people from church. Yes. Speaking of church, I think it's time for us to move on to our main topic for the wow. day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What are we talking about today, John? Uh, well, we're talking about the 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 Nicene Creed. Um, so yeah, Doc, do you want to recap for us what, why we're talking about creeds, what they are, what we talked about last week a little bit, and then we can then we can jump into Nicaea a little bit. Sure. So uh, this is a second episode on the creeds. Last week we talked about the Apostles' Creed, and so a creed is basically a a short summary statement of basic beliefs mm-hmm. that we as Christians affirm. And there have been a, a large number of these throughout the history of the church. We're only going to focus on three of them, really the first three of most significance, not to say that other ones are not significant, but these really set the stage for, established the foundation for a basic sort of confessional uh, basis for the Christian faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, and last week you mentioned we talked about the Apostles' Creed uh, and sort of how that was, you know, second, third century, sort sort of the Christian creed as it formulated. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it had its roots probably in the Roman creed from the second century and was seems to have been been used in those you know. Second, third, fourth, fifth century, leading up to uh, the Nicene Creed, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Nicene Creed, uh, we know a little bit more of the history. So, just to give you a brief like sketch of uh, of Christian history here, um, w- what's happening during this time is uh, Constantine has has consolidated power. He, he's really come to power and. Uh, is going to use Christianity to ultimately unite the empire together. And uh, Christianity is going to become the the official religion of the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of this is he's seeing a divide between uh, – Constantine is between uh, this uh, fella in, I believe, Libya, uh, Arius, and uh, uh, Alexander in – I think he was in Alexandria. Uh, and and – and seeing this divide between the two of them, and he goes, we need to figure this out. Why doesn't everybody come together and make a decision? And Constantine really brings everybody together to, to make this decision. And that becomes uh, the beginning of the first uh, ecumenical council, if you will. 
Yeah, and that took place in 325 325. AD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, in, in contrast to the previous um, discussion of the Apostles' Creed, we know a little bit more about the historical circumstances with this one. So we should probably take a little bit of a deeper dive in terms of uh, the the opposing sides. Really, uh, the, the primary controversy was uh, the teaching of a guy named Arius, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you give us a, some thoughts on what is it that Arius was saying that was so problematic? Well, Arius, to, to put it in a nutshell, was basically saying that Jesus uh, was of a lesser substance than the Father, that he was uh, uh, beneath the Father. Um, okay. So not fully, fully God. Right. Divine. Certainly divine, yes, yes, but not but not fully, fully God. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's problematic, right? That, that's an issue. Okay. Um, <laughs> as we as we've learned from from uh, from Nicaea, uh, but really it goes uh, even a little bit deeper than that. Uh, it, it goes back to a fellow named Origen, um, who uh, would have been uh, was he second century, mid uh, early to mid third century, early to mid third, and, and he was a great church father. Did, did a lot of good writing. Did a lot of good thinking. Prolific, um, particularly against uh, uh, a heresy known as modalism. And what modalism would have said is that there's really only one God, but he kind of pops up as as father here while he pops up as son here, and mm-hmm. then he pops up as the spirit uh, later on. And he, he did a good a good deal to combat that. Okay. Um, however, while he did some excellent goods in combating that, he also came out and said, there are also degrees here, and Jesus is a lesser degree of divinity mm-hmm. than God the Father, um, yeah. and and that's really what uh, Arius latched onto, uh, and really ran with it, uh, and and extended it to the extent that he did. Right, and uh, part of what's remarkable about Origen is he was, as we noted, crazy prolific, mm-hmm. and um, if you read his his writings, he he was not always uh, orthodox on certain issues. Yeah. But um, incredible thinker. He's the one, uh, if I remember correctly, that, that coined the term Trinity, Trinitas. I believe so, yeah. To try to capture the, the, the oneness of God and the three persons, even though he didn't exactly articulate it exactly like that necessarily. Um, and I think too – this is a place where um, it, it can be easy to look back and go, well, that means he's a heretic mm-hmm. with origin and go, well, you know, it was still early in the history of the church and they were still trying to wrestle with what are the best ways to formulate and articulate um, what it is the Bible teaches about mm-hmm. the nature of God. So I think I, I would just sort of want to throw that in there. Someone might hear – you, oh, want, you want to throw out a little grace to origin? Yeah, let's let's yeah, extend yeah. <laughs> a little grace to to origin here. Um, in any case, but so so how does that how does that connect with what Arius is doing then? So so Arius really took origin's thoughts and and really ran with them that okay. that Jesus was a lesser uh, degree, lesser substance uh, than than God the Father, um, and so Constantine uh, gathers all the church fathers together really to to come to some sort of conclusion. Uh, on this topic, 
and uh, and uh, and um, commissions them to, to do this, and and they produce what what we call the the uh, Creed of Nicaea. Okay. And so, um, did this uh, did this settle the issue once and for all? As if everybody walked out like, up, oh, I guess that's it. It's all done. No, no, not quite. Way to, way to ask a very leading question there, Doc. Um, um, uh, Arius had allies sure. um, in, in, in those meetings and, and a number of them were politicians and politicians are a crafty beast and um, maneuver their way and were able to talk about things in certain ways and, and make it so that uh, Arianism, as it be, became known later on, mm-hmm. uh, was still – Fairly prolific uh, to the point where they had to call a second ecumenical council, uh, Constantinople 381, mm-hmm. uh, where they where they finally came down to a decision and and yeah. Delta they finished off quotes around finished uh, Arianism uh, for that time. Yeah, for that time, because honestly, Arianism still exists today in different forms. Yes, uh, if you uh, are familiar or have ever been visited. At your door by the Mormons mm-hmm. or the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, they are Aryan in their Christology. Their their view of Jesus is consistent with what Arian taught and out of step with historic confessional orthodoxy. They wouldn't go back to Arius, would they? They wouldn't be like, well, no. you know, they would they would say their their faith started much much later. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, they're not running around saying Arius got it right. <laughs> Um, what they're but, – but their teaching is a form of what – like if, if Arius were able to look at that today, he'd go, I recognize that. Yeah. I said that. Hmm. <laughs> I said a version of that. This, this looks similar. Um, yeah. and, then, and then also the barbarians that eventually sacked Rome uh, were Arian. Uh, a number of them were. A number okay. of the different bar- – the, the Vandals and – the Visigoths yeah. and all the love all me those. a good Visigoth. Yeah, I actually in church history, I'm so enamored with those names that I take I take time to walk through <laughs> the different barbarian groups uh, just because they're fun to pronounce. Yeah, and because they're important in church history too. But absolutely, they're fun to pronounce for sure. Well, I think we've probably set the historical stage. So um, this creed is also it's a little longer than the Apostles' Creed, but I think we have time to read this. Yeah, I think, I, it's, I think so. it's short enough. That it's it's worth reading, and so um, since you had the joy of reading the Apostles' Creed last week, I was going to ask if you minded if I read the Nicene Creed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go 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 ahead. Um, I'd ask people to pay attention specifically about what it says about Jesus. Yeah, um, and, and his substance. I think I think zeroing in on that is going to be uh, yeah. key for this creed. Yeah. So here we go. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. 
On the third day, he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All right. That's some good, uh, some good Nicaea there. Yeah, so, uh, so take us through it. Okay, uh, so the things th- that we should pay attention. Yeah, to. yeah, things that we should pay attention to. Um, when it says we, be- starting with we believe in, in the one Lord, uh, Jesus Christ, um, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Uh, in, in essence, saying uh, that Jesus is one substance with the Father, same uh, elements, same uh, material. He, he's of the same being, um, not to a lesser degree not to a greater degree uh, of, of the same, that he is, uh, in fact, deity. He is God. Yeah, you notice that uh, the creed tries to get at it from multiple different yeah, angles. it goes there. at it like three, three or four different ways, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like they're saying – Okay, they had like this brainstorming session where they're like, okay, what are some different ways we can make it clear that Jesus is fully God? And they came up and said, let's take the best five <laughs> in terms of this. And um, I was reading something on this from the uh, from the Justin Holcomb book on uh, Know the Creeds, and he, he drew a special attention, attention to the light from light mm-hmm. um, language there in terms of an analogy of just as – uh, in one in one sense, the you can't separate the sun from the light it emits. It's mm-hmm. they're both the same substance, right? Uh, and yet you can distinguish between them in some way. Hmm. Uh, so that that's really what this what this creed is trying to capture is this idea that God is one, and yet there are three persons in the Trinity. Yeah, and yep. and understandably, I mean. The church has wrestled with the best way to articulate this since the days of the New Testament, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, you can understand how there's this dynamic here of uh, of trying to, to, to stress that. Um, and one of the arguments Arius would have made is that, listen, Jesus was begotten. That means there was a time when he was not mm-hmm. begotten. And they make special emphasis here, right? They They say – uh, we believe in the one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, and then a few lines down, begotten, not made. Yeah, um, ma- making drawing a distinction there. Yeah, that's uh, and, and understandably, you can see how s- uh, reading reading certain texts a certain way can get you where Arius lands. To sure. Be sure. Oh yeah. So it's not like um, Arius was. Just pulling things out of thin air and going like, I'm just going to make this up as I go. Like he was pointing to numerous biblical texts to, mm-hmm. to make his case. And of course, 
uh, others were pushing back and saying that's not the best way to understand those. You have to understand those in light of these other texts that that um, that frame that differently. Yeah, yeah. So um, the this is where we get um, the, the the that language here. I'm trying to look for the line. I've lost place of it. Um, of one being with the Father, of one substance, mm-hmm. that there is – again, you're stretching the limits of language and you're talking <laughs> about the nature of God. But that that the Father and the Son are of one uh, – they both share the divine essence mm-hmm. um, and therefore fully God, that, that Jesus is not really, really divine but a step down from the Father. It's – no, he's – He's every bit as much God as the Father is. Yeah. So really, the the Christology piece is a is a big piece of that. Um, and no, it does, uh, and maybe this goes without saying, it does pull on the Apostles' Creed quite a bit as well. Um, yeah. There, there's mention of Pontius Pilate in here. Uh, there's still that formation of uh, from where we get our word creed, right? We believe, we mm-hmm. believe, we believe. Yes. Um, yeah. And you and you notice just the proportionality. Right. The, the the major section of this is devoted to, to Christology, to who Jesus is, and much less space devoted to the Father as well as the, the Spirit, um, yes. which is not to say that they're less important. It's just – it's a reflection of – and this is true of, of creeds. This is also true, honestly, of confessional statements. Mm-hmm. They are always to some degree shaped – by their historical context. Mm-hmm. So that even if you look at different uh, confessions from uh, statements of faith or confessions of denominations or at various points, if you know when it was written or sometimes you can tell or have a pretty good idea, it was probably written around here based on some of the issues that it focuses on and doesn't focus on based on um, you know what was going on historically at that point. Yeah. I mean, think about how many, you know, church doctrinal statements probably don't have anything explicitly in them right now about um, issues of gender and sexuality. But if you were starting a church today, oh yeah, um, absolutely, and many churches are going in and revising and making more explicit what they've already always taught, so it's a more uh, precise and clear expression, but. Mm-hmm. Um, There is one phrase in there that I wanted to draw attention to um, that comes up later in church history. Yes. It's uh, sometimes in theological circles known as the philoque, philoque, Mm -hmm. I believe is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to explain what that is, John? Yes. Uh, Here's how I understand it. Why don't you give the line? Just point people to the line first. Okay. So when it begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, it says, we believe in the Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord, uh, the giver of life. The next line, uh, who proceeds from the Father uh, and the Son. Um, originally, um, when, when, when this statement was, was finalized in 381 at the, at the Council of Constantinople, um, it just said, who proceeds from the Father. Um, in the, I believe, 6th century, um, it was updated – by, I believe it was Catholic, um, to say who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eastern the Eastern Church 
did not like this. Uh, and so uh, it eventually led to, to the schism um, yes. uh, of the split between uh, the Western Roman Church and mm-hmm. the Eastern uh, Constantinople Church. 11th century, right? I think. Yes, when, yes. The, ten, when the split yes, ten, finally took 1054. place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the tensions just continue to simmer and simmer. But yes, and this um, and and Nicaea is really the first evidence of uh, tension between those two groups um, in yeah. East and West uh, that we see that eventually come up, you know, seven hundred uh-huh. years later. But um, but yes, this is this is part of that as well. Yeah. So, John, as you think about this creed, what are some key takeaways as people have listened to our discussion and heard it read now? Um, what are the what are some of the big takeaways that, that they should walk away with? Well, just broadly speaking, um, that um, church history and creeds are very very important. Uh, that that they do have meaning. Uh, that they do impact us, as you've already mentioned. There there's a couple groups uh, that we see regularly uh, who are knocking on our doors trying to get us to believe uh, some of these things that were dealt with in. 381 or 325. Yeah. That um, is one of the beauties of church history that if you have a good grasp of church history, um, it is rare that you come across um, big theological issues that the church hasn't already thought about mm-hmm. and written about and argued about and come to some measure of clarity on what the Bible teaches. Yeah, and probably had a war about it at some point <laughs> in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, and the, the language of I think "very God of very God" is a is a helpful piece, even though it sounds a bit confusing to our English mm-hmm. ears. Maybe I think it is a helpful way to describe yeah. how Jesus and God the Father really really complement and go together. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, it is understandably complex and it is beyond our ability to fully understand. Mm-hmm. And this is where even you know some of the analogies used – I mean any analogy that attempts to describe the Trinity falters at some level. But um, I, I do think that this is where sometimes it's going to end up being better to make statements about the Trinity and rather than try to resolve them to simply say – these things are simultaneously simultaneously true, even if we cannot fully understand how those things are true, meaning that we can say there's one God mm-hmm. and there are three persons in the Godhead. So there's not three gods. There's one. But there are three distinct persons mm-hmm. in the Godhead. So even just saying that, like you can understand how that just gets mentally – challenging to, to wrap our brains around. Oh, yeah. Uh, Doc, we need to move on. Yeah. What uh, what resources would we recommend? Again, uh, not that we recommend anything new. This yeah, time. I think these are all uh, what we had last week, but would encourage you to, to check out the show notes for these. Uh, Carl Truman wrote a book on the, uh, the creedal imperative. And then Justin Holcomb wrote a book called Know the Creeds and, uh, and Councils. And I also have a link there for uh, I think it's like a six-minute video of him talking about the importance of the Nicene Creed. Mm. So a good bite-sized basic uh, summary of that. So I think now it's time for us to move on to our athlete. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, I can run down our list uh, even though we, we don't have uh, too many options uh, this week. Yeah, the uh, the options are limited. 
Yeah. I don't know if we first uh, – we, we looked into the future and saw the, the 60s as being – 50s and 60s. Yeah. We, I think we anticipated they would be thin, maybe not quite as thin as as they have been. It, may, it might make the second lap particularly <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Well, we're still deciding whether we'll do this on the second lap. We'll um, have to come back to that. OK. Uh, our, our first guy, uh, Jim Langer. Yep. Is that how that's pronounced? Yeah. He, was a, he was a center for the Dolphins? Yeah, Hall of Famer uh, was part of their, you know, really good '70s teams, including the uh, the undefeated season team. Was there a little eye roll when talking about the undefeated team there? There always should be. Okay, um, <laughs> Charlie Trippy, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback and and halfback. Yeah, way back in the day, forty-seven to fifty-five with the Chicago Cardinals. Of all, course, the Chicago Cardinals. Also a Hall of Famer. Played like. I, we listed halfback and quarterback there, but he played like again. He was back, probably the kicker too. Yeah, he probably yeah. punted, kicked, and uh, you know washed the uniforms after they mm-hmm. played. Probably at that stage. So and then worked a shift at the local hardware store. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, Scott Pollard. Do you remember him? I do not. Okay, he played. He wore sixty-two as part of the uh, Pacers. Uh, but he played for the Celtics and some other teams. He's just kind of your your guy who rebounded, defended, uh, didn't stand out, but uh, just a, one of those guys. You kind of need one on your team. Yeah. Uh, but nothing outstanding about him necessarily. And he was on Survivor. Yes, uh, this was you know <laughs> deep dive on the show prep here. Appeared on on the on the television show Survivor. Um, in 2016. I have never watched – I think I've watched some one-off episodes here and there, but yeah. never a full season. I watched the first season like back in – what was that? 2001? No. We were – I think I was at – yeah, right around there because I was at Trinity. I think it was my first year at Trinity. And it's still going, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's been Man. very variations on the theme, of course. So – Anyway, and then when we get to our Ohio State athlete, uh, Jim Parker was a guard on the uh, on the Ohio State football team from 54 to 56 and played for a national championship team there as well. So, John, who do you like? Oh, my goodness. So many options. Um, I kind of like the way Charlie Trippy spells his last name. Yeah, he's a jack of all trades and he's got a great last name. So and he's I, a Hall of Famer. It's hard to go wrong. How do you go wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah. You good with that? Let's so, do it. Yeah, I never saw him play, obviously. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Charlie Trippy. Okay. Charlie Trippy it is. One thing you liked. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my uh, fantasy baseball uh, league. Uh, <laughs> okay. As odd as this may sound, we've been drafting for probably the last two weeks. Okay. And basically, uh, you text in your draft pick, and then it's the next guy's turn, and they have 24 hours to make a pick. Oh, my gosh. And so we just go f- basically through spring training this way, just drafting. And I think we have seven or eight more rounds to go uh, before we finish. Uh, and that's so, – so it gives you – you know, it's not as bad as the – when you get online and you have like 60 seconds to make a pick. Yeah, you don't have to worry about everybody's schedules and getting everybody together. But there's just a long text train uh, that's going through throughout that, your day. That's the most baseball thing ever. Yes, it's pretty awesome. And then Mark Goodwin, 
uh, or excuse me, Mark in Indiana, um, <laughs> will will send out will send out. Hey guys, I'm going to speed it up to 18 hours now. You only have 18 hours to make a pick, or you know, so something like that. So is he is he running the league, he's, or is he's it, the commissioner? Is it Jake from Indiana? Right? No, no, okay. J- Jake from Indiana is not a part of this. Um, okay, because because. I've heard stories about Jake from Indiana and his um, – Yeah, he's a little militant I think in his commissioning. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's hardcore. Yeah. So Mark is, a, Mark is an organized individual certainly when it comes to this. Yeah. yeah. And we often have text conversations in the off-seasons about categories that will count in the next season. So – and the changes are made. So he is an agent of change uh, okay. in the fantasy baseball world. And so is this – is it hosted by ESPN in terms of actually like how- so it's on Yahoo okay. um, it's just uh, local guys uh, mostly CCC guys but a few non CCC guys that love baseball so okay. it's 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 a lot of fun do you have to daily set your lineup though um yes okay. yes you daily got to set that lineup man that's a commitment yeah yeah it's a bit of a commitment but uh, but it's a lot of fun and we play keepers so you keep players season yeah. after season okay. which is a lot of fun nice Nice. So for me, um, so the day that this episode releases, March 9th, is my 25th wedding anniversary. Wow. To the lovely Kate. Yes. So um, it seems only right to mm-hmm. to identify her as my – more than my one thing I liked this week. I, <laughs> I, 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 I've liked her for a long time. But um, – Grateful to God for the blessing that she is to me. She is my greatest earthly treasure. And so um, fun to be at a point where we're celebrating 25 years of wedded bliss. Quarter century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if uh, next week I'll, I'll share maybe part of uh, how we commemorate that. But, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, listening ears want to know. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So – in any case, we have talked about the NBA All-Star Game. We've talked about March Madness. We've talked about spring training, baseball. Yeah. We've our, talked – Our bracket challenge. Our bracket challenge. Yeah. Don't forget to check that out. Talked about the Nicene Creed. And we've talked about uh, Charlie Trippy. Charlie Trippy. Who neither of us had heard of before doing the prep for this episode. But he's probably great. Yeah. We've talked about fantasy baseball. And we've talked about a major life milestone for me. Mm-hmm. So by definition, I think uh, we've, we can say mission accomplished. And so all that's left to say at this point is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.